And now, Jalen and Jacoby. Where the fuck the truck? Head to death. Worry about my posse getting jumped. Because if we ever do, yo, TV, pop the trunk. Because we make a pop the trunk and hit the switch. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me a Happy Monday, everybody. Two game sevens to talk about. We have Eastern Conference and Western Conference matchups. We have a big game six that feels like it was three weeks ago, but it was on Friday night between the Rockets and the Warriors. But most importantly, we have Bruce Bowen in studio. <laughs> in for Jalen Rose. Thank you so much for taking the time and doing the show, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate that. I wish I could have had better music, like some James Brown. We'll have it for you next time. Okay. We'll have it for you okay. next time. We'll have it for you. This is your first time here. We'll okay. get you. <laughs> Boom. Here it is. We had a moment last <laughs> night in Toronto. In a game seven, two game sevens on Mother's Day. We start with the Sixers and the Raptors, and we'll go straight to the exciting finish of the game. Kawhi Leonard on the line, huge free throw, misses it, goes to Butler. Butler, this is an underrated play right here. This is a tough finish. That bump right before he lays yep. it up, throw him off. Ties balance. the game, and then we've seen this. I mean, when it bounces off the front rim. Oh, we'll get there. When it bounces on the front rim, you just thought it was off, and then the ball goes in. Kawhi Leonard shows emotion. Kawhi Leonard <laughs> shows emotion. Breaks his robotic persona, and the Raptors advance. What did you think of that final possession and shot? Well, it didn't surprise me, honestly, with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I felt like he can he, he can he can really cement who he is right now as far as being an upper-level all-star. And for him to get to his right hand, I just I thought that was interesting because here it is. We're talking about a finals MVP yeah. who's calm, cool, collected because he carried them the last two minutes of that game. When guys last two minutes. Got, well, <laughs> I, I mean I mean when I saw when I saw deer in headlights like, ah, quiet, you you take the ball. Yes. I don't want to you take it. Because you see that sometimes from a competitor standpoint. You can look in the eyes of your teammates with like, okay, this is okay, let mm-hmm. me let me help him along. But Recognizing that he had the calm of, okay, I'm not going to be rushed in what I do. He got the ball, and it was just amazing how they allowed him to get to his right hand. If anything, you want that star player to make a shot that he's not comfortable with. You want to send him to his his other hand. Make him uncomfortable in the moment. That's all. Not saying you're going to stop him, but don't let him get to his right hand. And then as we see in that video, Ben Simmons. Well, let's ben take a look. He stops right here. Look at it. This is game seven. You're walking. What? This is game was, seven. What? Now, there is no tomorrow. I will say that this, was, this wasn't bad defense, but you make a good point because Embiid does help from his right. So Embiid, he should cut him off there because if he does, Ben Simmons is standing right there to contest as well. Now, where we teach in the game, you don't go at the player. You pick a spot in where front he's going to go. Player. So he's coming with a head of sand. You can't go to him because now you just level the playing field. Mm-hmm. You always pick a spot ahead. But more importantly, Ben Simmons has to continue to stay in the play. And he, he trots there. It's still a, a second, 1.1 seconds to go. And you're trotting. See, that's, I, and, and it's, and it's no disrespect to Ben Simmons. What it is, it's a learning opportunity. Because now I'm going to get a little deeper when we go into AAU basketball, we go into high school basketball, we go to college. Guys aren't being taught what they used to be taught when Jalen was with that Fab Five. That five mm-hmm. Fab Five was fabulous because of the way they had been taught prior to coming together and the way the game was then. It was about how can I make that guy better? Here it is. We used to go play pickup and you, you get on a run. You may not know a guy, but you guys run four straight games. Because you just kind of allowed the basketball essence of things to take over. So in this, this is one of those situations where Philly will, will hate to learn this lesson. But it's just like as a parent, you can't save your kid from falling. You got to allow him to experience that cement so that he understands or she understands this is life. And how you bounce back is when you get up and dust yourself off and what you do. And we will discuss the future of the 76ers in a second. But right now, I just think we'll take a moment to celebrate Kawhi Leonard's performance, not just in that final shot, not just in this game where he had to take 39 shots. He was not very efficient, but he had to take those 39 shots. And if you look at his numbers in this series, 
Look at that. I mean, that's 35 points a game, over 50% from the field, 33% from three, and 10 rebounds a game. <laughs> that's tremendous. Can I do a media thing and sure. take it way too far? No. Go ahead. I'm a, I'm a recency bias this. <laughs> Is Kawhi Leonard the best player in the NBA? Considering what he does on both ends I, of the see, floor. I, and I can't, I, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with a yes on it. So oh, oh, go, oh you're, you're and, taking and the bait. Ta- I'm taking take- the bait. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, you, you, you look at what he does and, and limiting the top player. You know, he, Jimmy Butler was where? Huh? Where was Jimmy yesterday? He had that finish uh, he, at the rim at that, the end. Yeah, but how did he get, how did he get that finish? Steal. They were, it was transition. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So Off in the, the half court, when they were jump dribbling all around you, a lot of times Kawhi was on Jimmy. And see, and this is a, the evolution of Kawhi, where when he first came into the game, someone asked me in San Antonio, "Well, will he be able to be, you know, like you?" I said, "No, he's going to be better than me." This is a young kid. You haven't always celebrated Kawhi Leonard in your that, media that, career. That, no, exactly. But what I said at that time is this. Young man that's not with his team. It, it was about what he was doing is about his actions. It wasn't about his talent and who he could be. Mm. I was going off of what was going on right then and there. It doesn't take away from the talent. And I think sometimes that gets crossed because people hear something. Oh, he's being critical of that guy or he's being negative. It has nothing to do with that person's skill. It's when I don't see that skill set being Display And something that I saw in the game yesterday that you saw as well, and everyone who watched it saw, the Raptors got shook. If you were not named <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, it just felt like you did not want to throw the ball at the basket. I mean, there were times they would just, they would get the ball and just be like, where's Kawhi? Where's Kawhi? Where's Kawhi? Jacoby, and when have they had this feeling where they could truly depend on one guy late in the game? I mean, DeMar maybe? But uh, now what I'm saying, and it's no disrespect <laughs> to him, but you remember when he and Kyle were the ones that took the boatload of mm-hmm. shots and, yes. and there, others didn't have a chance? And it did not work that and, well. It didn't work that well. They had the large sample it size of playoff games, and that did not work. That's right. Masai Yuri saw something in Kawhi. Hey, I'm going to make this deal. Because I know it will possibly get us over the hump. Mm-hmm. Someone that is good enough and and their numbers show it. I mean, his consistency was off the charts as far as this this round as well as the round before. And we haven't seen it, but even previous playoff performances from Kawhi when he was with the Spurs, it's just been a few years since we've seen it. No, exactly. And so, and you got you got accustomed to seeing him in San Antonio, and you can say, oh well, it's Lamarcus, or it's Manu, it's Tony. Well, no, he's he's there now with the opportunity of carrying. The team, and that's exactly what we saw in that. I'm gonna say that three minute span where there was he was missing shots at one point. Oh, he was. He was 16 but, for 39. Yeah, yeah. He, but you know what he said in his post game interview was that my my shot was short, so my last shot I want to make sure I got it up. I want to get more arc on it, be a mm. little stronger. And and those are things that I hear that it's like music because he's making the adjustment of what had taken place, whereas other guys they missed a shot. They are they are so far in their own heads that they can't even make the adjustment. So as a shooter, when you shoot a shot short, you know, okay, I need to get it up a little bit. Or if it's a little strong, let me get a little bit more air under it. Mm. So it's certain adjustments that you happen to make, even when there's a miss. Well, Kawhi Leonard had a good game, and that was obviously, you know, probably the greatest moment in Raptors franchise history. But a lot of this is on the 76ers as well. And the 76ers offense, especially in the fourth quarter, they had possession after possession where it just didn't seem like they knew what was happening. If you look at the shot clock here, gets down to the end. Who's, who's in the paint? Butler. Well, and well Ben no, Simmons this, is floating a little well, bit. But well, yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, okay, where's Joel? He's on the perimeter. Now, I mean, this is the thing. This, it's, it's everyone watching notice. The announcers notice. Everyone is like, where's Joel? Are the Sixers going to notice this? Where's Joel? We're talking about five seconds on the shot clock. Yeah. Well, you look at the way that Denver uses Jokic. They use him like this a little bit, but they also oh, put him in the post. Hey, now, nah, now, nah, easy. That's Jokic and Joel. They're two different classes. Yes. Two, in, two different classes. In this particular game, there's a part of me that says the 76ers, yes, it was a great shot, but they really lost this game oh, more than the Raptors won it. No question. When you go over that film session and you see that, that, that offense of what was going on, every play, you guys are on the perimeter with less than five seconds to go on the shot clock. And you got to give credit to Toronto's defense mm-hmm. and what they were able to do. But going yeah. back to before the game started, I was on the air yesterday. I said, I got Philly, but in this, you got to start off with Joel 
on the block. His first five shots should be on the block. You know where his first five shots were? Perimeter, three threes, and, and two long jump shots. And, and I say this from the standpoint that when you established your presence down low, when they went on that run against Toronto, it was because Tobias Harris was recognizing double teams when he had Kyle Lowry on the block. Mm-hmm. So when you get them to double, now you can pinpoint that ball And Joel's movement. good at that. He's really, he's special at that. And so that says to me immediately, your leader on the floor has to say, Hey, Joel, get on the block. Or when Shaq didn't get the ball, I used to hear it because I'm guarding Kobe. <laughs> get it in. <laughs> Fish, get it on the wing. And, and Shaq hadn't touched it in two trips. Fish, get it in. <laughs> that was it. And so you have to be demonstrative as a big, mm-hmm. just as Kobe was demonstrative when that's what he would do when he wanted the ball. That was his 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 mamba sound. That was, that's that was the like, mamba sound. Like, I don't think I would I hear that. I don't, I don't know if that's. That. I've never heard a yeah. mamba. But I don't. I, I didn't didn't know they did that. Well, uh, Joel Embiid was not demonstrative during the game, but he was a little demonstrative after this game, and uh, it was a tough loss for them. And he was emotional. Now I'm someone that cries a lot. I cry easy. Oh I, man, I, you, I cry all the time. You got you have kids. I, I'm a Dakota. crier. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You have kids, right? Yeah, I got a bunch and, of kids. It, like, <laughs> I, I cry just as much as my three year olds. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I, I coach my kids mm-hmm. and I'm a crier as well. I think we're in touch with ourselves. In yes. That. Um, a lot of times y- y- raw emotion happens when maybe you didn't do something you should have. And, and I'm, I'm saying this, this is not to laugh at, at him showing his emotions, but there are things there where it, it comes to the realization, like we let an opportunity go. Yes. And, and I think a lot of that is part of that emotions. Uh, those emotions and another side of it is I just I never wanted my opponent to see me cry if I cry mm-hmm. and so coaching my kids my oldest son one time he we lose a game and he's like <laughs> I said don't let him see you do it but if, if this happens because there's an outpouring of NBA players taking to social media and saying this happens all the time if you're not crying you're not trying like this is part of the game is this is this prevalent it is prevalent it, it, it happened with the Lakers when we beat them in 2003. Mm-hmm. I remember Fish and Kobe. And and you didn't look at it like, oh, what, why are they crying? Yeah. Oh, that, you didn't do it because you know how hard it is to they, – they were coming off a three-peat. And so in their world, they're, they're, their world is spectacular and we're going to continue to win championships. Yep. And when it comes to a halt, you know, and all, all those emotions, they, they just come out that way. And, and you know, I'm glad he shows emotion mm-hmm. that way. Now, what do we do from this? And that's what I look at. Now it's about, for Joel, as far as I'm concerned, he has to change his diet, number one. Yeah. He has to become better with his body. And that means now it's time to you start taking this to a point where you're doing things yearly. Not, yeah. I'm going to take some time off. And even if you take time off from the court, court work you're still doing things as far as your core is concerned as far as yoga is concerned so that now you put the investment back into you he's young he's young he's still young and so you can you can start the dynamics of change just looking at some of the others that have played this game and that are still playing a game like lebron james you know what he, he man this this boy is constantly in the gym taking care of what he needs as far as him being durable to his organization of course you know I'm a LeBron James stan. I love LeBron. So so I can do that all day. I mean, people talk about like LeBron's career is over. Like he was 28-8-8 last year. 28-8-8. No. It's impressive. Yep. Let's uh, give the people what they want. The process has been under fire since that Game 7 loss on Sunday night. People questioning the process, questioning Joel Embiid. Well, guess what? Joel Embiid is no longer nicknamed The Process. He has a new nickname. It's not Joel the Process Embiid. It is now Joel Hulu has live sports Embiid. Not as catchy, but guess what? He got paid a ton of money to change his nickname. And Hulu's got some of the NBA's best players doing what they do best. How did Hulu pay Damian Lillard to get a tattoo that says Hulu has live sports? They paid him. Pay the man. Do you know why they're so invested in the NBA? Because... Hulu has live sports has exactly that. Why would I keep paying so much for cable when I can watch games on Hulu plus live TV? All of the same channels as cable for just 45 
$5. You can watch your favorite teams play live all season long. Watch the biggest games on Hulu Plus Live TV. Watch Joel. Hulu has live sports and bead. Perform next season on Hulu Plus Live TV. No cable required. We broke down Kawhi's big shot to end the Sixers season. And now we turn our attention to the Western Conference. A second game seven on Mother's Day. This one, the Nuggets hosted the Blazers. And CJ McCollum did his thing. Dame didn't have a great game, but CJ stepped up, especially in the fourth quarter. Scored 37 points and gave the Blazers the win. What did you think about this performance from McCollum? Well, I've always enjoyed CJ's game. And mm. this performance here, I think he allowed the world to know who he is. Yeah. You, you you know, they talk about great moments in the game of basketball. It's usually in the playoffs. Yep. But a game seven, when Dame, your all-star, and not, take nothing away from him, what no. he's done. But to be able to have someone like that on the floor also enhances Portland's chances in what they're doing. So I love the fact that. It wasn't about him settling for the three ball. It was about him being aggressive, getting to spots on the floor. And as we saw in a couple of those clips, it was the left elbow. He was getting to certain spots there. And because he is comfortable with himself and his game, it's no, it's no one can dictate where he needs to be except when he has the so ball. So you're known for your defensive prowess. You're, you're a great basketball player in both ends, but you're known for your defensive prowess. Uh, what I saw in this game a lot is you have to respect his three pointer. And then as a defender, he starts to drive to the rim. He can finish at the rim. So you get to that like 16 foot spot where you think it's a race to the rim and then he stops on a dime. Yeah. And goes straight up and then you're just still, you're just chasing. This is where you have to really pay attention to film. You know, watching tendencies of players, as I said, you notice I'm talking like uh, I'm still that person because I saw, I noticed he's left elbow, left elbow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And credit to CJ, him taking the ball to the basket, taking the ball to the basket when he's going right. But when he gets to that left hand, he's setting it up for other things. And it's, again, I'm not trying to dictate what he does, but he plays within the feel of the game and he's that good where he can do that. And so when you talk about the importance of ball handling, I thought that was something that Steph did to add to his game. He got better with his handles. Good point. CJ has gotten better with his handles to get to certain areas on the floor. We know he can shoot, but he's not hes not trying to just shoot three-pointers. No. He's getting to certain spots where it's not a three or a layup. It's a three. It's mid-range. It's off the glass. It's take it, finish at the rim, dunk at the rim. So I love what he did because it just gives, I think, so much hope to the fundamentals of the game of basketball. And you did little things as a defender to, you know, just little things to get an advantage. And if you notice, especially in that big shot that he hit over Craig, you know, little, 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 the, little, little chicken wing. You know what? Little guys, something. Guys got to deal with that. I mean, you, you're yeah, in the yeah, NBA now. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we all realize that when Michael Jordan did it on Byron Russell. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a little, he was hand to the like, back. I, like, I, go ahead. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't the chicken but, wing. I mean, but you have to deal with it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, just as when guys bump guys, you know, in the midst of a shot. And they miss, and you want to say, hey, I was fouled. I saw Clay Thompson get bumped a lot in the series that they were in. I've seen yep. CJ get bumped a lot, but it's the aggressor. You have to deal with that. You have to brace for that. That's why they do all the working out that the they do. The refs aren't making that call. They're not the refs aren't making that call. No, you're, you're, you are an NBA professional player. You're in the playoffs. It's not soft basketball now. And I was pleased to see some of that go on. But I, I think – in this game, you always have to be aggressive. And that's what, that's where CJ was from, from yes. Jump Street. He took one jump shot early. He missed. And I noticed he like, nope, not, nope. I'm getting to the rim next one. And he was so patient in probing. His dribbling wasn't just, I'm going to dribble over here and that's that. I'm making up in my mind. He was really at another, I, I'm sure he saw the game in slow motion because of the way he just, he had a calmness about him. And there's also the fact. Dame Lillard wasn't hitting his shots. Like Dame Lillard, remember when he's coming off that game five against the Thunder, 50 points, you know, ending the series with the shot from the logo. Dame just didn't really have it in this game. Was this something that the Nuggets did against him? Or is this just not his day? Well, I, I think they had more focus on him. They didn't allow him to get some of those threes. Like that three right there was more rushed, mm. I felt, because the big was sagging off so much. You know, he kind of rushed that because he hadn't seen him. You had Jokic playing up a lot on that pick and roll. And and so it was one of those situations that sometimes you're missing shots and you just have to be patient. And I thought he did a really good thing early. First play of the game, he got Amino a a shot, but he turned it down. He pumped fake and went driving and and charged and then didn't take another shot. 
So in the second half, you know, coach said, yeah, we don't, we, we got to have guys ready to play, yeah. you know, on the floor. And those are, those are tough decisions, but to, to get back to Dame, sometimes you have those moments. We saw it with Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the human aspect, but even with that, when he had that wide open three in the second half, Dame, it didn't touch the rim. So he's still there. It's just an off night from what we've been accustomed to seeing him have. And one thing we know about Dame is, you know, he's from the Bay Area. Ooh. He always gets up for the Warriors games. E40. And sometimes me that he'll have a, he'll have a couple games that will remind us of those games that he had against the Thunder <laughs> in this upcoming Western Conference Finals. Of course, we're going to break that down. But first, it is time for News That Matters. Hmm. Okay, you're in your car, mm-hmm. driving down the highway. All right. You're just in Florida, you know, enjoying yourself. You spent a lot of time there. <laughs> and you look to your left, and this is what you see. There's a man <laughs> driving his vehicle outside of the sunroof. There's no one else in the car, Bruce. He is driving the car while standing on the sunroof. I have a lot of questions, but my first question is, why? Just Why? Yeah, that's my response. Okay, if you saw that, <laughs> if you saw that, what would you do? I'm speeding ahead of him. I don't want to be near him because yeah. I, I don't think anything good happens. Nope. And I don't want to no. be an innocent bystander. But, you know, it, who knows? Maybe maybe he he grabbed the wrong medication Maybe He thought he had vitamin C. He has something else. Is this premeditated? Does he have, like, a way to push the gas pedal and the brake pedal while he's doing this? Well, you know, we have smart cars now. Well, that's a dumb person. If it's a smart car, if if that's a if that's a smart person, smart car, that's a dumb person. So is this cruise control? Is what I'm being told. He's yeah. probably using. Maybe he's using. But even for him to to get out what? and and do the, you know, my man, yeah. just roll down the window. It's, you know what I mean? Roll down the window, my my man, my guy. Roll down know, the window. But you know what? You know how many people has, have viewed him doing that now? He's a he's a doing star. it for the gram. <laughs> he's doing it for the gram. He look old, but he's doing it for the gram. It seems like it was so long ago, but it meant so much. <laughs> Friday night in Houston, the Warriors playing their game without Kevin Durant. Steph Curry doesn't score in the first half. He scored in the second half. He had a fourth quarter to remember, took over the game, and brought the Rockets the win. What do you think about Steph's performance in that fourth quarter? I think he did what he's supposed to. This is a two-time MVP that we're talking about. So it's not anything shocking to me that he had this type of game after going scoreless in the first half. One of the bigger concerns for me when it came to guys that should have had points in the first half and they didn't, that I knew they were going to be focused that next half. Mm-hmm. So my yeah. biggest thing was to try to make sure I can try my best to take them out of any type of rhythm that they're seeking and hit one of his first baskets was going to the basket. I thought that was key because now you're setting up that drive for that shot later on. You don't want to start with the shot unless it's a wide open shot, but get the defense on their heels. Make them think you're doing that. And then Kapayao happened in the fourth. So there was a part of me that I felt like the Warriors were going to win this game because we've seen this team without Kevin Durant win championships. Like, we've seen this team do that. They don't need Kevin Durant to score. And Klay Thompson hit some big buckets. And Steph Curry had that second half. Iguodala, he was hitting his threes. Like, we've seen this team succeed. How are they different without KD? You just said it. They won championships without Without him, I should say they got to the championship yes. finals twice, but they won a championship without Kevin Durant. Yeah. So it wasn't that he got them over the hump. Mm-hmm. It was more about, okay, back to basics. And fortunately for them, they, I mean, you talk about trusting everyone that played in that game. Looney was huge. Right. I mean, like, there was a moment where he wasn't going to be stopped to getting on the block and finishing over CP3. You know, that's Steve Kerr saying, hey, fellas, we've been here before. Now we need to do it a little different. I thought that they they would divert to KD a little too much, I yes. felt. Yep. But now, with him not being on the floor, when they were going into to Houston, I said, watch out for Clay. Clay's been here before in yep. OKC. They're down. And Clay went. To oh yeah, work. that was one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen. Also in a game six, Clay's Clay's a big Clay, game six performer for Clay, some reason. Clay is a big game performer. Period. Mm-hmm. So 
I knew that he would carry the weight. And even with Steph not scoring, it's tied up at half. That was shocking. That was shocking. Are you kidding me? It was even more shocking when they were up seven at the, at one point. I'm like, you're at home. This is what's going on. And so, you know, fast forward, we see what happens, but it was more about what are you doing as a team that this surprises you or your game plan changed from a standpoint that you were more aggressive with Kevin Durant on the floor and now that he's not on the floor, you're not? Well, I want to talk about the Rockets system. I mean, they, they've, they've, they're very famously data driven. They famously are, you know, free throws, layups and three point shots, hardened ISO. We don't, sometimes we don't even set them screens. We all just stand around and watch them do it. <laughs> and, you know, this has been a very successful system. They're one of the best teams in the NBA, but they, just because they didn't mean the Warriors doesn't mean it's a failure. What do you think about their system and what adjustments they should make moving forward with this franchise? I don't like that system. I don't like that system because you start putting more pressure on your offense with all the jump shots. When the jump shot's not falling, we've seen it happen to them Game last seven last year. season. Ex- yep. When it's not falling, it t- you got to be able to mix it up no matter what. And when you have some of the greats of the game, they are talking about how James Harden way of playing, he can't win a championship. Kobe Bryant said that. Yep. And if anybody knows, it would be him who has yep. championships. And the fact that because he has championships, the way he played, he understands even more so that you can't do it that way. And of course, James Harden is one of the best offensive players I've ever seen in my life, right? And that we've seen him being defended in a lot of weird, junky, kind of gimmicky ways. Oh, if you that, your, that's not even defense. Don't even, <laughs> don't even get me on this. Kobe, don't get me started on that. So how would the, you defend James Harden? Get in front of him. Stop all this standing on the side. How hard does he have to work when you're standing on the side of him? You're already beaten. So yeah. we talk about the most elite players and what mm-hmm. they do, and you're going to give him an alleyway? No. Get in front of him. That's what it's about. Get in front of the man. You talk, you know, it just goes to show you that, yes, he is good at what he does, especially for a left-hander. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I only know of one other lefty that could shoot it the way he shot it. And Jay- I, Jalen Rose. I know, I, I know two other lefties. <laughs> Chris Mullen. Shout out. Feathery Touch. Yep. James Harden. And. And Jalen Rose. Michael Red. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jalen Rose. Jay Boogie. No. But, but you know, when you talk about that stuff, you know, how to defend it, you stay in front of You remember the playoff series with the Clippers. J.J. Redick was guarding. Oh, when they were up? Oh, that's when, they, when the Clippers were up and then they lost three in a row? Yeah. But but J.J. Redick was guarding Harden. Yeah. And he wasn't getting these monster, these monster games of scoring. Then no. JJ Redick doesn't have the defensive sort of and that's my whole that you point. do. Yeah, that's my whole point. Is that he was just in front of. He wasn't jumping to a side and coming up with a gimmick. You can't gimmick guys in this game. No. Well, James Harden hinted after the game that he sort of knows what they need to add, but he didn't say anything about it. And then there's a lot of speculation that they could use a, a big that could get his own shot. Capella's obviously a good player, but didn't have a great playoffs. But what do you think that they need? So. I, I think they need to get him the ball more so that he can have an opportunity. He only got his first basket off of alley-oop. Both of his That's baskets he gets came all from, of his baskets yeah, off alley-oop. So you need to develop him. That's mm-hmm. why you have assistant coaches there. Come up with a system yep. that allows everybody to have an impact, not just ISO basketball. That's what's going on there. Chris Paul had a, a huge game for them in the third quarter, but it was empty. And what I mean by empty is that, yeah, he had a good game. James had a good game. But who else had great games that impacted the team? We'll see what the Rockets do this offseason, but we get to see what the Warriors will do very soon as soon as tomorrow night where they match up against the Trailblazers and KD famously went on to CJ McCullough's podcast and he had some words for CJ and the future of the Blazers that I'm not sure he's going to be so proud of heading into this series. Let's listen. Well, you guys aren't going to win a championship. Bro, we have the the team. (laughs) We have capabilities. Anything is possible. We can win a championship, bro. I mean, let's be honest. Bro, we can win a championship. Anything is possible. I just need to look. I need more. I mean, I like y'all. I like the two. I like y'all too. You're the hardest stop. But, I mean, come on. What? So, Bruce, what's more disrespectful? 
Disrespecting CJ's team and his teammates on his own podcast or disrespecting CJ's team and his teammates on his own podcast while eating some barbecue potato chips. That, I think the barbecue and, and it, it was a it was a hoagie he was eating. It, it, <laughs> a hoagie. Come on. <laughs> I mean Bill Cosby. I mean, come on now. <laughs> no, it's it's you know, this is this is the the fine line with athletes and doing things in season or being a current player and doing these things because it can create controversy. Mm-hmm. There was a time I wanted to do a radio show in San Antonio. And I remember Tom James, our, our PR guy, he was like, okay, uh, we, we just running by pop first and, and pop called me into his office. He what? said, do what you want, but it doesn't work. Nope. And I'm like, why doesn't it work? I'm thinking, I'm going to say, why, why, why? You're great. Set myself up for you know, after my Oh career. my goodness. Yeah. No, well, it, I hadn't even gotten that far, but when he when he said it, it was just his tone. The part that did it for me was when he said, do what you want, but it doesn't work for you. And, and I'm like, it doesn't work because now I have to be critical against guys mm-hmm. and I'm going to play those guys and they can say, yeah, Bruce said this. I'm going at his skull. Yep. I don't need any other stuff being thrown on top of my plate when it comes to trying to defend some of the top guys I was playing against. Well, let's take a look at who's going to be defending who in this series, which I am so excited for. You look at the matchups, you know, between the Blazers and the Warriors, a lot more firepower on the Warriors, but I can see this happening. I can see I can see this going long. Long? You say long? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's long to you? Six, seven six games. games. Six games. Six games. Depends on when KD gets back. So you're no, saying the Trail Blazers. I, I say if I'm you're if saying I'm there's no Kirk, world in which the Trailblazers don't bring KD back. What? Wow. Because what? it's going to throw off the chemistry. What? He's coming off an injury. He hasn't played game speed anything. Even when you practice in postseason. <laughs> That's practice. All right, guys, come in. We'll go over there. So All you think right, they should home. bring KD back for the NBA Finals and have him work himself back on the I, biggest I, I stage think, in the game? I think he. I don't think you do it now. But but again, then again, I'm, I down, haven't thought. If you're down one two have, after well, game three, one, two, he's not going to save you because he's injured. He's not a hundred. He's not the same KD that walked off the court that night. Huh? What? See, he has to get accustomed to utilizing his body again. What? His calf, he jumps to shoot jump shot. He posts mm-hmm. up. He's going to have to get position. So trusting that in that situation, when you guys are down. No, you have to come up with a grand scheme during the course of that time playing without him, which can be done. Interesting. What do you expect from this series quickly? I expect great basketball. I think you, I think they kind of mirror one another as far as the ball movement and guards that are creative. Not, I think Portland has the more creative point guard and two guard, mm. but you have Steph and you have Clay and Clay has a different creativity to his style of play. It's, it's right up on you think you're on me and he's pulling up on you. So, or I should say pulling up on, on the, the opponent. But I think it'll be interesting to see both teams compete against each other because they mirror one another so well. I just want to see the Trailblazers just take one of the first two games. That's I need. I need one of the first two games. It can't happen like it happened against against the Rockets. I'm so excited for this series. <laughs> it starts on Tuesday night. Bruce, we've been doing this show for years and years and years, and we have a signature segment. I'm so glad you are here to join me with. It's called uh-huh. Soft Move or Boss Move. Okay, now what's a soft move? This does not need any explanation. Okay? No explanation needed whatsoever. And I'm glad you're here because I need you to take us behind the curtain on this first topic. Game six between the Warriors and the Rockets was on Friday evening. Mm -hmm. It is now Thursday evening in Houston. Steph Curry is on the floor of the arena getting some shots up. Reportedly, Chris Paul gets there. Has Steph Curry removed from the venue so he can get his shots up. What? Removing an opponent from your home floor for practice, soft move or boss move? We call that a soft move. Oh, explain why. I'm, I'm going to call that a soft move because, I mean, we're all, we understand that it takes work to be where we are. They're mm-hmm. all-stars, and Chris is a former all-star. But if you want the gym time, just say, hey, Seth, how much more time do you need? That's the polite way of saying, get off my floor. Sure. So there's a way that you do things. You don't, you don't, and, and if you're concerned with him getting up shots and how you're going to play the next day, shame on you. Where's the confidence in you? Ooh. See, that gives What about me- the little gamesmanship? Just a little, it's not what you do, it's how you do it is yeah. something I guess we're exactly. trying to say. It's something I say all the time. That's but to, to talk to somebody, to have somebody go talk to Steph, to tell him that you said that he needs to go. 
Just seems like a lot. Seems I like mean, a lot. I mean, yeah. so the first half, it, it you know, I'm sure Steph is saying, mm. No, which I wish I got some extra shots up. If I had some extra shots, maybe I would have scored. Well, no, was, I don't a, think he was thinking that. There was a that. camera in the tunnel after Steph left the floor and he was celebrating with Draymond. And uh-huh. He even mentioned okay. this incident after the big win. So that definitely made an impression on Steph. I do not think <laughs> helped the Rockets' cause. Next, it is now time to celebrate a man by the name of Infinite Tucker. Not just because his name is Infinite Tucker. But because of this, watch <laughs> Infinite Tucker. That's his teammate Robert Grant go down the final stretch. Infinite Tucker goes with the full Soldier Boy Superman <laughs> over the finish line. You. That's boss move, baby. That's a boss move. Boss move. So, there is no dirt to slide. That's no. all turf. No. So I asked our researcher, Hembo, about this. I was like, is that even legal? He's like, yes. All you have to do is just, by whatever means, get your head across yep. the finish line. So my question is this. This is such a boss move. How come I've never seen this before in track and field? Well, because some people are not uh, are not comfortable in their bossness. Oh, See, okay. You know, his interview, he made it. He, he talked about, I think, his mom and how he was like, yes, he did. He saw, and yeah, I want wanted to give her a, her a hug. hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was impressive to come up on the on fly Mother's like Day that weekend because I never saw his arms cross. Yeah, no, he also in started, a hug. He, he kind of started tripping over himself too. Like I'm not sure if that was 100 percent <laughs> intentional. You know what I mean? And also, it's just like. When your name is infinite, you, you have that kind of confidence. Well, look at if, if we had the same desire for some of the players on Philadelphia in a game seven as he had in this track meet. Oh, I like what you did there. You saw what I, I, like, did. I like how you disrespect the Sixers while celebrating infinite. <laughs> if that guy's name was Bruce or David, he just jogs over the finish line and gets beaten. No, not Bruce. Bruce Jenner won. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Don't get fired. I couldn't help but notice. Something was missing in Game 7 in Toronto. Drake. Drake wasn't there. He was watching the game, and he was wearing 76er shorts. You know why? Because he is well known as being a curse agent. When he wears or supports certain players or teams, they end up losing big games. So he reverse-cursed the 76ers, reverse-cursing your opponent by wearing their shorts. Soft move or boss move? Soft move. You stick with who you with, man, no matter what. Don't believe the, the haters out there. Do we have to tell Drake not to believe the haters no, out there? No, of all the people in the world, Come on I think now. he's very confident. Come on. He's, he's got to be very confident. That's, that's, that's just a setup for It was stuff. funny, though. It was funny, though. I will say this is – I'm going to say soft move for this because – he never, he didn't publicize it until the game was huh, in hand. Of course. Until that Kawhi no, no, not in rolled hand. in. Yeah, yeah, Not in hand. Over. Yeah, yeah, it's over. It's <laughs> over, over, over. That's why. And if that's the case, then go ahead and, and, and do a little video of it. Mm-hmm. You know? But if that ball doesn't roll in and they lose in overtime, you're never seeing the light of day. Those shorts yeah, never see the that light of day. sweet parking spot you have is gone. Next, rapper, friend Uh-oh. of the show. Okay. And executive in the entertainment. Okay. Gentleman by the name of Curtis 50 Cent Jackson is very, very active on social media. And lately he's been doing this thing where if you owe him money, he just airs you out on social media over and over and over again. (laughs) To the point where there's one man who once stole a 50 Cent CD, proactively sent him $20 because he just didn't want 50 Cent to air him out on social media. Proactively repaying a debt from school. Soft move or boss move? Ooh, Messi, when you, you, I think 50 a boss. Yes, he so, is. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think he's getting bossed. Yes. Uh, but I don't think it's soft when you're trying to keep your reputation intact. I'm gonna say boss move. I'm gonna go boss move. I'm gonna as go well. boss I'm, move. I'm, I'm, I'm going boss I'm, I'm, I'm scared of a lot of things in life, but one of the things at the top of the list is owing 50 cent money for some reason I don't know about. Is 50 been shot before and he said, I'm all right. In the, yes. in the rap, you hear he said, oh, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> We actually tried to look up Curtis Jackson on Venmo so I could pre-actively send him some money just in case <laughs> I somehow transgress him in the future. But we couldn't get his account. So 50, please get at me and uh, hit me up with that. Shout out. Bruce, LeBron James has hired. I'm sorry. The Lakers have hired <laughs> Frank Vogel as the head coach. Not only that, Jason Kidd will be on the staff. What do you think about Bogle with Los Angeles and LeBron? And what do you think about the fact that Jason Kidd will be there on the staff? What I think about Frank Vogel is he's I'm very uh, happy for him Mm -hmm. because I've known Frank for over 18 years now. He was a film guy in Boston when I was with the Celtics under Patino. 
to see his his gradual process of moving up the ladder and and become a head coach in Indiana and go to the conference finals against LeBron that was tremendous for him. Um, the other flip side of it, he doesn't have a lot of time. He's going to nope. be looking over his shoulder with Jay Kidd there, and I, I commend Frank for accepting the job because this is an opportunity for him to continue the process of coaching. How many opportunities do you get to coach one of the greatest players to ever play the game? Not many. So I look at it from that standpoint, even though it may not last long, you got to go positive on this. Yes. I've always been a Frank Vogel fan. We have the matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals. Turns out, Bruce, the two best teams in the regular season are the two best teams in the postseason. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Who would have thought? (laughs) The Bucks will host the Raptors Wednesday night. The Bucks made pretty quick work of the Celtics, won four straight games. They've also had some time off. What do you expect in this big game one? I expect there to be off rhythm in the first half of the game. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll search for that rhythm, I should say, first quarter. But um, other than that, I, I think it will be a great matchup. I think Milwaukee has a little bit more. But you never know in the playoffs. And with this game seven victory for Toronto, they're going to come back ready to play. Important question for you, Bruce. Uh-oh. Will we get... Giannis and Kawhi covering each other on both ends of the floor. I mean, obviously the switches and pick and rolls and all right. that, but will they be matched up against each other? Yes, I think so. I, I think you look for that challenge, even though I wasn't the offensive player that Kobe was. I love playing shot. against him. It's a big shot. It's a big shot. But I mean, you got to understand what you do, you know, and, and I looked forward to going up against the best. So these individuals, they're both, I think they got to do it because you got to give the people what they want. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we have the television show, right? And we also do podcast exclusive content because as we always say, the executives at ESPN have two screens in their Office. One's on ESPN and one's on ESPN2. Right. So they keep an eye on what we do on television. Do you know what they don't do? Listen to the podcast. <laughs> so we can do whatever we want. So we're going to start with some Too Hot for TV content. Too Hot for TV. Interesting story over the weekend. Involved in the, M- the NBA somewhat, Chris Tasporzingis, now of the Mavericks, was involved in a nightclub alteration. What? I saw a video of him. What? Altercation? <laughs> no, no, he was, uh, no, what the, the nightclub wanted to redo the walls. You know, they wanted to do the nightclub. They just wanted to retheme the nightclub, so it was an alter- alteration. Okay. That's I thought not it true. was an altercation. It was and an altercation. I'm like, I'm like you know what, it's early for him. Yeah. You know, he's, he saw me today, and he's kind of like, ah. You uh, So it was a nightclub altercation. <laughs> Apparently him and his friends got jumped in his hometown. I saw a video of him bleeding outside. It was a little troubling to watch. Now, obviously, I'm not here to – I'm not going to say you shouldn't be out at the nightclub. You can't do that thing because it certainly sounds like him and his friends were a victim of an attack. But when you saw it, what was your first reaction? My first reaction, I saw his T-shirt. It was torn in a certain spot. Mm-hmm. And, and he had a little gash on his head. But in your hometown – this is happening to you and you're not traveling with security maybe if you are you know you stand out there yes you stand out so if you're going to a spot and and when i saw the video it was daylight so i'm like well i think that might have just been street lights it seemed like it was nighttime see when i saw the video it looked like it was Dawn, like yeah, I yeah. saw, I, I oh, thought right. I saw the yes. sun. Yes. In the, the, the sky yes, if it was, was daylight, lit. it was the AM, not the PM. Exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it takes me back to my time in Miami. Mm. You know, in the off season, I go out, hang out, Izzy and I would hang out Gutierrez. Oh, of course, yeah, Our yeah, colleague. We would hang out, and so there's a couple of times we went to space and walked out. Oh, I know that place. <laughs> I may or may not have been there once or twice, <laughs> but. It, it, you notice certain things when you go places. And if it's a sketchy place, then you shouldn't go, especially being who you are. And it's one thing about him, and which is true with a lot of NBA players, is Tom Cruise could put on a hat and sunglasses and kind of go to the grocery store and try to like make his way through a crowd. <laughs> he can't disguise seven feet. Yes, when you are seven <laughs> feet tall and you are the probably the most prominent person to ever, ever, ever come from that town – you are going to stand out. And there's just with that sort of there comes resentment and jealousy and things like that. And that happens. But you know what? It's also about de-escalating. 
you got to be able to de-escalate too. Uh, I learned early on in Fresno that I came back home one time and I saw a young kid on on campus where I went to school. Shout out to Edison High. Shout out. And I said, I'm going to pick your pants up. What's wrong with you? And he pulled his pants up, but then he, after like, it registered to him, like, I just did what he said. Yeah, yeah. He pulled him back down and he said some words and he said, I put that on everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is that, I can't talk to people the way people talk to me. No. So it's about de-escalating. And I said, hey, my man, I'm sorry. I said, I just think you're more representable of where you're from and where you're at when you walk around this way. And he just kind of looked at me. He didn't receive it, but mm-hmm. I thought I de-escalated the situation right there. And if you're going out in the club, yeah. you should already know you got people there that are able to make sure things don't get out of hand. Yes. And the, the thing is, he has so much to lose. You know what I mean? Everything. He has so much to lose there. And, and the people, other people don't. Let's just say that. It's so funny when you have those types of scenarios. It, it doesn't matter. It could be you talking to somebody in sports. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking to a guy who's trying to get into what you're doing and you're just trying to give them some nuggets, but they're trying to tell you how much they know. And after a while, you're like, wow, this, this isn't going at all the way I thought it would. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to exit out of the conversation right now. Yes. And sometimes that's what you have to do. I'm not, I just think that being a product of certain areas, you still have to be careful. Mm-hmm. There, there are places, you know, that you just shouldn't go because there are people out there that want to be just the opposite or they are envious of what you have and they want what you have. And we have so little information about this incident that we can't really judge anyone's actions whether Chris you know Porzingis is his friends or the other people that were involved in this but you mentioned something about security how often does that happen with NBA players that they they go with security this is a first as far as I'm concerned where a guy goes back to his hometown from another country mm-hmm. we're not talking about the U.S. I'm talking about when you go back to your homeland or where you're from I have never heard of someone getting into altercations, especially in their hometown. Yeah. A lot of times those guys are celebrated. Yeah, like a Giannis in Greece. Or a yeah. Dirk in Germany. Exactly. You know, it, it's, it's like this is a first where, again, we don't know anything. Sometimes it just takes one drunken jerk. You know what I mean? And, and even with that, and sometimes from what I understood, what I saw, they said that they were upset that he – he left say the Knicks. It. Just say it. Because that part just cannot be true. <laughs> like, does that just be like, that part just cannot was, be true. Hey, he like, was a Knicks fan. Yeah, 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 he yeah. just bought a Knicks Porzingis yes. jersey. First, you, they're, they're blaming him for the, the lack of development of Frank Nilakina or something. It's like, you know, I really thought that you took down the, the, the Rambus regime. Like, what are they upset about? James Dolan's a really good guy. Like, what, what, like how detailed were they and how was this expressed? Oh, and, and again, Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I when I heard that part, like what? Well, and, and even when people say snide remarks, you got to be able to be the bigger person, and, yeah. and and that's not easy, especially back home. You know, no, I'm yeah, back yeah. home chilling. You know, having a good time, listening to the DJ throw do his thing, and and if somebody comes up and says you should have this or you should have that, what are you talking about? And I'm sure for him, he hasn't played. He's a little, you know, hey, he probably said, hey, you only played in one game in April in your whole career in the NBA. Mm. That That's touchy. Think of that stat. Oh, is that real? That's real. I wouldn't throw it out there if it wasn't. What? Yeah. Huh. It's things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if somebody could have went at his durability, why are you in the club instead of being out working out, Rehabbing working whatever, on yeah. your game? Yeah, yeah. Working on your game. Those are, you know, all it takes is a paper cut. Pour a little salt in that paper cut. Tell me how I feel. Especially, it's gotta be, it's gotta be hard for him because he took, he took a lot of heat after the trade saying, people saying he forced his way out and this and that. And it was a trade. Okay. Let's go back a little further. You're supposed to be rehabbing and doing things and you're not supposed to be running. And up, up jumps a video of you running. Well, that was after Fizz said, Fizzdale said in the press conference, he was like, oh, you can't, you can't even run right now, so I'm not going to talk about him coming back. And then five minutes later, he posts a video of himself yeah. sprinting. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because there was, there was, uh, it seemed like there's animosity between him and his brother and the Knicks organization. Whether that, what that stemmed from and how serious that was, it just seemed like there was something. So it goes back to you being accountable. 
posting that did not help your situation. Mm. Posting that only created more drama to your world within the Knicks organization. So now you start to get to see folks start saying things like, look, we're trying to protect him. He hasn't been the most durable guy for us. No. And now I say this and then you go and post something else. I'm, and what I'm getting at is it all goes back to players and social media. Stay away from it from time to time so that you can truly get back to what's important. And that's being a basketball player. That's being able to do the best you can do as far as what you're paid. This is your job. And one thing I found interesting about Porzingis' whole exit from New York, too, is it seemed like they were going to shut him down for the season for his health reasons. But there was this gap between how healthy he was and when he got to – remember when he got – to the Mavericks, he was at practice all of a sudden. And he was, you know, he's at practice and he's wearing the Mavericks team gear and he's putting shots up. It was like that happened overnight. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And when when players start taking into their own hands what they're doing as far as we're going to do things this way. You know, uh, you think about the great companies who have PR people in place oh, yeah. all so do. that they don't wreck things. <laughs> you know, because it usually becomes a wreck. When guys feel like they're going to control their brand, can't stand. I was talking to a college coach last week. He said, I was talking to a high school kid that I'm recruiting and he said, well, coach, I, oh, I, I got to think about my brand when it comes to me choosing the university. He said, boy, you're 17. I'm just like, what does that mean? Yeah. Tell me what, tell me what you mean by that. 17. I, I understand, I understand but that you hear other people that you look up to say that, but what do you mean by that? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that it's mind boggling what that deal of social media does. I'm not, I'm not downing social media. No, I think it's, it's part fantastic. of our lives. It's, it's part, part of our lives. lives. Yeah. But you have to use it with caution. And when you are an NBA player, when you are a top pick, when you are in the top 10, you got to make sure you're doing what's necessary to build yourself as a player more than your brand. It's a really good point because it's all going to start with what you're doing the court. I want to give a big thanks to Bruce Bowen. Thank you, Bruce, for coming through. You're welcome back anytime, especially if you're here in the seaport. Where My can man. people find you until you're back? You can find me at, at on Twitter, Bowen12, okay. and Ohanio Smell Poppy on Instagram. Yeah, it's not something to be known necessarily, but that's what's Why going not? on. Why not? Appreciate just, you. You know, hey, San Antonio in the building. You're welcome back anytime. And tomorrow, we have another special co-host. We'll be back tomorrow. Why is that, Karis? We're not done. Speaking of the hobbits, let's talk about LeBron James. All I care about is my nipples. Seriously. (laughs) I'm a fun guy.